Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 219 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for teaching us more about you every time we read your word. Help us learn more of you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what Jesus teaches us in Mark chapter 13. Peter, James, John, and Andrew privately ask Jesus when he will come back again. He tells them about the end times. While it is a bit daunting to read and think about, there are some things that give us comfort and teach us what we need to know. In verse 20, Jesus tells them that God will shorten the days of persecution for the sake of those elect, his chosen ones, those whom he picked out for himself. He has shortened the days. God has a plan. He always has a plan, and his plan is good. We also need a plan. At the end of the chapter, Jesus tells us how to plan. Verse 33 says, Be on your guard, constantly alert, and watch and pray, for you do not know when the time will come. Then he uses the word watch four more times in the next four verses. He says, be constantly alert and on the watch. Watch, give strict attention, be cautious and alert. Watch, I say, lest he come suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to everybody, watch. Friends, this is the plan. Watch, be cautious, and pray. May God have compassion on us and keep us his as his plan continues to unfold. Let's see what Paul is writing the church in Corinth in chapter 4. Yesterday, Paul admonished the church for thinking too highly of the teachers and preachers, himself, Apollos, and Peter. Today, he tells them they think too highly of themselves. They are conceited. He warns them against becoming prideful. And he warns them about being content in where they are in their spiritual walk. There is always more to learn and strive for in walking closer and closer to the Lord. So he implores them to imitate him and how he strives to always come up higher. He doesn't want to make them feel ashamed but he is bringing a word of correction to them. May we receive his word today too and humble ourselves in God's sight. May God continue to teach us more about him and his ways. And may we continue to seek more of him and draw closer to him. Let's see what's happening in Job chapter 9. Yesterday, we read about Job's complaints and Bildad's rebuttal. Today, we read how Job answers his rebuttal. He was more kind to Bildad than Bildad was to him. He starts out agreeing with him and then identifies that no one is righteous in God's eyes. He shares how God is almighty and all-powerful. God is the creator of everything. Job understands the magnificence of God as well as his own insignificance in comparison. In verse 20, he admits that he is innocent of sin except now his words condemn him. Our words may condemn us as well from time to time. Then he goes on to say that the wicked take over the earth and wonders how there is such inequality. He considers forgetting his sorrow, but as soon as he would, then fear would take over. Fear of future pain and sorrow, and then he is guilty again. No matter what he thinks or does, he will be guilty. He wishes for a trial to prove his innocence, but there isn't one. In chapter 10, Job talks about hating his life. He wants to talk with God, as in our last chapter. He wants answers to his many questions, questions about his affliction and more. He wonders what would happen if he started hoping. But even then, he says, you hunt me like a lion and again show yourself inflicting marvelous trials upon me. At this point, Job sees no way out of his circumstances and no way out of his pain. His hope is entirely gone. He says he is in the land of sunless gloom as intense darkness. 
the land of the shadow of death without any order and where the light is as thick as darkness, a place without order, without light, is in the shadow of death. May we have compassion on those who are without hope in our lives. May we offer a helping hand and a listening heart and not judge the one who is hurting. We don't know their full situation. Only God does. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 38. Psalm 38 is a psalm of repentance. We can see that David is in pain. In fact, some of his words are very reminiscent of those written by Job. He writes about loathsome wounds, mourning all day, being faint and being disquieted. When conviction for sin comes, there is suffering for a time, but there's always joy in the morning. At the end of our psalm, David prays God will not forsake him, but that God would be close to him, and he prays for it to come quickly. May we ask for forgiveness for whatever sins we need to be forgiven for and receive God's immediate grace. He heals our wounds and has already borne our iniquities. We are truly blessed. Let us pray. O Lord, thank you for making a way for us to be saved and restored to you. Thank you for sending your son so we can be in relationship with you. Lord, help us come to you for everything we need. Increase our faith and belief in you so we don't stumble. Keep us yours, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.